Pamela Private Eye. I'm here today again with my friend Sally. Hi, Pamela. I'm anxious to hear this one. This was one of my dad's very favorite cases. He used to make me tell about this case all the time. This case is called Dylan the Poacher. Oh, and I come from a hunting family. So this is right yes, up my alley. Yes, and I'm anxious to hear it. Yeah, I learned a yeah. lot on this case. It was interesting. We could use the same quote from Mark Twain on this one as we did on Shane, the bank fraud yeah. dude, that when in doubt, tell the truth. Okay, all right. This was one of my first cases with Jack. I'd only worked with Jack for probably maybe a year okay. at this point. And I got this case. It was a poaching case. I'd never had a poaching case. I was like, well, how serious is it? Okay, so they kill an animal they're not supposed to kill. Like, Well, guess what? Dylan was actually facing 10 years in prison Huge. for this. Well, if you're convicted, they take your, your truck, your gun, anything that's on you in that vehicle. Yep. Yeah, it's a serious thing. Your wives, they take serious. your wives. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is very serious. Very serious. Yeah. So some guys kind of hope, like, take my wife. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leave my gun. No, they do. They take whatever you are using. Yeah, yes. they take it. It's very, very yeah. serious. And you yeah. likely won't be able to get a hunting license again. No, your, in the your state. career so is over. It's pretty serious mm -hmm. stuff. And for people that are really, yeah. And if you're an avid hunter, this is serious stuff. Serious <laughs> stuff. Yes. And Dylan was a young guy, like 24 years old. So I get word from Jack, I need you to work this case. And I was thinking, really? Okay. It doesn't seem like a big deal to me, but it's a big deal to everyone involved. So, all right, I'll do this. And and Jack says, we've got a prelim in a couple of weeks, you know, get all the information. And he was not in jail pending this. He was out. He was free and working. Okay. He okay. said, talk to the client, find out everything. What's our defense? Find out what's going on. Okay. So I start trying to reach out to him. No return phone call. I leave messages. I get nothing. From Dylan? Yeah. He doesn't even respond to me. And I explain. I am the investigator. I am your investigator. I'm here to help you with your case. I've never had anyone not call me back. Right. Like their life is on the line. <laughs> their freedom is on the line. He was out hunting. <laughs> he was out. <laughs> right. <laughs> you think that's funny, but you shall Okay. See. Just kidding. Not serious. <laughs> just yeah. kidding. Okay. <laughs> Before we get into it, once again, if you're enjoying the podcast as much as we are, please don't forget to rate and review us. Tell your friends and family, tell your enemies, tell everyone. We want to get this thing going. We're having a blast. So right, we hope right. you love it too. We're loving it. Please reach out. Tell us, tell us what's happening and what you think of all this stuff. We want to hear it. We want to hear from you. Yes, we do. We are nothing without you. So, because right. if we don't have you guys, it's just us talking to each other. Right. <laughs> and and while that's way fun, we want to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so I keep trying to reach Dylan. I get nothing. I seriously start thinking maybe I have the wrong number. I call the office and verify like, hey, do I have the right number for this guy? Like, he's not calling me back. And I'm getting kind of stressed because Jack is a bit intense. Uh -huh. And he doesn't take very kindly to not having information his case put together <laughs> for him. So I was a little nervous. Yeah. Yes. I would be yeah. too. Oh, yeah, you sure would, because you like all your things 
nice and orderly. Yes. You would, yes. yes. So the day of the prelim, I, do. I get to yeah. Jack's office and I still haven't heard from Dylan. I've not even spoken with him. I told him like, email me, call me, send me smoke signals. Exactly. If you're up in the mountains hunting, <laughs> but like, is there ever whatever. a concern that maybe he skipped? Yeah, it does. It's a it's a concern, but. If he does, it's not a huge concern to me because I didn't put up the bell money. <laughs> so it's not my money to lose. Gotcha. And okay. if they do that, I have another case that I'll tell you about later where, <laughs> where I did have a client do that. It doesn't work okay. out very well for them. It, okay. uh, <laughs> it's not a, no, it's not a no, smart thing for people to do. <laughs> okay. And it was actually a pretty smart guy that did that on that okay. case. It's really funny. I, man, I have some funny cases. Okay. And this is one of them. Okay. So... I get to Jack's office and we're walking over to court. So it's the day of the plea. Preliminary hearing. So it's kind of a big deal. Not mm -hmm. not like the ultimate. Yeah. It's not trial, but it is a prelim. And as we're walking to court, Jack is asking me, yeah. okay, so what do we have? Literally, this is how we would operate. He wouldn't know who we were having to testify that day, if we were having anyone testify. I would usually just kind of hand it to him. Like, here, mm -hmm. here, like... This is what we're doing today. This is what we got. So Jack's expecting me to do that. We're walking to court. He says, what are we doing? Like, what's our plan for prelim? Right. I said, well, you know what? I'm nervous to tell him even. I was like, ah, I haven't even heard from Dylan. I don't know. He's And he's like, what? I said, I've been calling for ever since you gave it to me. I've been calling and I can't get the, the guy to call me back. Right. And he's like, well, we'll see what he has to say today. So prelim, as you may recall, that's the day that the state puts on their evidence to show that there's enough evidence to bring this case to trial. Okay. And the bar's very low. They really hardly have to do anything to get it to that next level. It's very simple for them. And typically we don't present witnesses as a defense. We just kind of let them present what they have so we can see what's good, what's bad and ugly. And where do we go from here? In a prelim like yeah. that, could your client say, hey, I just want to plead out? Could it end right there? Could. It could. It could? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we've ended cases early. Yeah, that happens. A plea agreement will usually happen after a prelim because typically okay. we want to let the prelim happen so that we can see what how weak our case is or how strong our case is because the state's usually going to bring out their stuff. They're going to come out. They might hold okay. back a little bit for... But for the most okay. part, they're going to present most of their evidence. Okay. So it wasn't a huge deal that I hadn't heard from Dylan because we don't usually present witnesses, except that it was kind of a huge deal in that, yeah. geez, dude, like your yes. life's on the line. Yeah. Call me. I am your defense. So we get there. We get in. We get up to the floor where trial's happening. And, and on a day like this where there's prelim, Jack would have... Okay a number of different clients that he had to meet with. Okay. And so Dylan would just be one of the clients that day. And Jack would have multiple hearings in different courtrooms. He would be kind of going all over. I get there, I meet Dylan and he is dressed in a suit. He's this tall, handsome kid. He's about 24 years old and probably 6'2". Mm -hmm. Really good looking kid, real sharp dresser. Okay. And he's alone. He has no support there with him, which is a little shocking to me because right, right. this is serious stuff. He's looking at 10 years in prison. Oh. So from the charging documents, he is charged with poaching a mountain goat. This is serious yeah. stuff. 
And what the state alleges is this. In the discovery, what I had learned was that Dylan and his dad had been out elk hunting. Okay. Like nine months before okay. together. While they were elk hunting, not only did they get all the elk that they had tags for, because anyone that isn't from hunting country, yes. you get a permit to get so many elk, like you can get two elk. Right. So in the olden days, you could go and buy a tag and the hunter in my family bought a tag, they could go and shoot the two deer and bring them down and tag them at home. But that now has long changed. You have to tag them as soon as you right. are there. So if I have right. a tag, I have, you have to, to be tag on them as soon as you yeah. get them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Huge change and a huge yes. error if you don't tag. Yes. Dylan and his dad had gotten their elk mm -hmm. and then they got another elk. Okay. That's not right. Now, if you have another yeah. hunter with you and you right. can use one of his tags, that's okay. Yes. But if you don't, you're in big time trouble, big right. time trouble. So, and this had happened on someone's land. This farmer had owned part of the land and he, he knew who was there hunting and he knew that they had not tagged this. So they knew who it was. Did somebody call in and report them or did they get caught bringing the third elk out? Yeah, someone called in and reported them. Okay. It's, it's only like a couple months later, and Dylan gets a letter in the mail from the Fish and Game explaining that you have now lost your license. Your mm -hmm. license is suspended, not permanently, mm -hmm. but it's suspended for one year because mm -hmm. you did this, and he had a fine, and he wasn't supposed to be able to do anything with hunting, fishing whatsoever, and until okay. that was the the suspension period was over. Okay. While he's on suspension, the state of Utah sent him a letter giving him a once in a lifetime permit. <gasps> like one week after he gets his suspension suspension letter, right. he gets a letter saying you have been awarded a once in a lifetime permit to hunt a mountain goat. Okay. Well, instead of calling anyone instead of doing anything like that, he decides, well, you know what? If the state of Utah is so stupid that they are going to send me a once in a lifetime permit, I'm going to go use it, right? I should be able so, to. What? Hello. Uh, prelim in that courtroom that day, there were a lot of prelims going. So there were, there were a number of preliminary hearings that were going to happen. And we're just in line with those. And we take Dylan in a room and Jack and Dylan and I are sitting there and Jack says, all right, this is Pamela. She's my investigator. She tells me you haven't called her. You haven't spoken with her. What's the deal? And Dylan's like, oh, well, I've, I've been busy. And he's like, well, yeah. you know, when you don't talk to us, we don't know what your defense is. You've been right. charged with poaching a mountain goat. You had lost your license. This is all very serious stuff. They want 10 years in prison. Like, do you understand that? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I do. But I didn't do it. I'm not worried. We are. <laughs> yeah, we are worried. You may not be. And yeah. so. We are worried for you. Jack yeah. says, look, he turns to me and he's like, you talk to him. And this is in front of Dylan. He's like, you talk to him. You, you explain. Like, we need to know the truth here. And so obviously Jack didn't believe that nothing had happened. So Jack leaves and I'm like, okay, Dylan, like, what's the deal? He said, Hey, I didn't do anything. I didn't, 
I don't know what he's talking about. Like, I don't know what all this stuff is about because I didn't do anything wrong here. Okay, so it's he and I, like, stuck in this little tiny little side room to the side of the courtroom while we wait. Jack comes back and he says, all right, look, I just ran into the prosecutor out there and here's the thing. They've got witnesses that, that are going to testify that they know that you did this. Dylan's like, I don't care. I didn't do it. I didn't do mm -hmm. anything. And Jack is so frustrated. He's like, look, you understand they've got witnesses here. And Dylan's like, oh. I don't care. I don't care. I didn't do anything. And Jack's really frustrated. He turns to me and he's like, you talk to him. And he leaves again. He's like, I gotta oh. go. You, you talk some sense into him. Okay, so I start talking to Dylan. I'm like, Dylan, who are the witnesses they could have? And he's like, I don't know. They couldn't have anyone. There's nothing. So but 10, 15 minutes later, Jack comes back. He, he turns to me and he said, have you made any progress? And I said, no. Uh, he says that he didn't do this. He didn't do anything. That this, this is all not true. So Jack's like, look. Let me tell you something. I was just talking to the prosecutor. Here's what they have. They have the taxidermist out there that mounted mm -hmm. the mountain goat. He said he mounted it for you and he has pictures <gasps> because it's such a rare thing to have a mountain goat to be able to do. The taxidermist was so proud. He took pictures of it. Yeah. So, and he said, right. and they have other witnesses. They have a friend that yes. you went deer hunting with supposedly after you had lost your license and you went deer hunting with this other guy and they also have people here ready to testify that have pictures of the day you went deer hunting with your buddy and they say you got your deer oh. and you had asked them to take a picture because you didn't have a camera or anything with you that day and they took a picture of you with your deer this is after the suspension and then when you get done with all that, you just cut the deer's head off to keep it as a trophy. And oh. then you just, he rolled the body down this gully. Oh no. Now for people oh. that are hunters. That yeah, is a huge no, no. You do not Terrible. do that. You hunt, you use that hate meat. That. Right. Yeah. So. No. Even if you hate the meat. Yes. Like if you're you not. You find people. And you dry out. Yeah. You find exactly. a family. So, you find someone. That's that's terrible. Jack tells him all of oh, this. He's, who he has. Yeah, all he's these in witnesses big that trouble. the prosecution has, they're ready to testify at prelim. And he says, So, you know, what do you have to say to that? And Dylan says, I don't care. They're all lying. I didn't do it. <gasps> and Jack is like, What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you want me to walk into that courtroom and <laughs> You want me to walk into that courtroom and have all those people testify with pictures and you want me to tell the judge, your honor, all of those people, all of those witnesses are lying. My client is telling the truth. And what witness, yeah. what evidence do we have to say that you're telling the truth? And Dylan's like, well, I don't know. I just, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Yeah. And he's just being really arrogant what? and jacked so pissed what a dumb jack stands what? up he slams his fist on the table he he's says, a dumbass and he, oh yeah exactly he turns turns to me and he slams his fist and he says you talk some sense into him i'll be back for the third time three times yes three <laughs> times he turns to dylan again he goes look if you want me to walk in that courtroom and tell the judge that 
they're all lying and you're telling the truth. You want me to go ahead with this defense? Okay, I'll do it, but it's going to cost you. And he walks out of the room and I am, I'm trying really hard not to laugh because I'm like, <laughs> holy crap, I, I've never seen this. This is crazy. And I said, hey, look, Dylan, do you need to borrow my phone so you can call your dad or whoever is paying for your defense? Because let me tell you something. You need to think long and hard before you decide, yeah, I'm moving ahead with this defense because Jack is really pissed. And if he's pissed, he's already expensive on a on a, any given day. But if he's mad at you <laughs> and you're going to make him stand up in court and tell the judge that all the pictures he's looking at are incorrect, uh -huh. all the evidence that they have, all these witnesses that they're marching across the stand, that they're all lying and everyone in the courtroom is lying except for his client then it's going to cost you. And when I say it's going to cost you, I'm like, it's probably another $25,000 is my guess, uh -huh. just because he's pissed. Right. So you're a kid. I really don't think you have 25 grand to be just throwing away at this. Mm -hmm. And you need to consider after you throw this money away, that, which is probably not yours, it's probably your dad's money. So I think you, number one, need to call your dad to get permission to spend his $25,000 right. in addition to uh -huh. the 10 or whatever you he already paid. You're going to have to make a phone call to get this permission because it's going to get really pricey from here out. Then you're going to have a $10,000 fine with the state of Utah. Uh -huh. In addition to 10 years in prison, you will lose. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. you are going to lose this trial. Do not go down this road. You will lose. Do you need to call your dad? And he's like, nope. I don't need to call him. He's going to lose before he's even gotten out of the gate. Yeah. Like if this was a horse race, his horse is going backwards. Wrong, wrong direction, And he said, buddy. I yeah. don't need to call my dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Are you sure you, like, you really want to at least ask him, hey, I think I'm going down the Advice? crazy road. This is what I'm doing. Can you pull out your checkbook? Because you're going to be paying for this. And Dylan's like, nope, I don't need to talk to him. Okay. So Jack comes Back in the room again. He is fuming. He is so mad. <laughs> Jackson, I'm actually kind of scared of Jack. I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna, <laughs> like, this was, this is intense. And Jack turns to me. All right. Did you talk some sense into him? And I was like, uh, no, I'm no. sorry. And Dylan's just sitting there like so defiant, so arrogant. And Jack says, all right. So here's the deal. I'm not going to do this. You can't pay me enough to walk in there and tell the judge that all those people are lying, even though I said, he said, do you get it? They have pictures of you with that deer. They have pictures of you. The taxidermist is here ready to testify. He has pictures of the mountain goat. He is ready to testify. And Dylan's like, I don't care what they all say. That's, that's not right. That's not true. I didn't do it. And I'm just thinking, oh my, I was like, seriously, you're going to go to prison. You're going to lose and go yeah, to prison. Like you're going to lose financially. Like, oh my gosh. Jack says, look, I'm not going to do this. I'm not doing the prelim. I'm waving the prelim today because I'm going to mm -hmm. give you some more time to think. And we walk out of the room. We just start walking down the hall and Jack turns to Dylan and he says, now look, here's what the prosecutor told me. The only way you can get out of this without going to prison, there's only one way. There's only one thing he's going to accept. And let me tell you something. I know the prosecutor, and he is a hunter. 
The reason he took this case is because he values hunting and he wants to make sure people are abiding by the laws and doing things right. This guy is not going to allow you to mess around. So here is what he's demanding. I'm telling you right now, the only way you can keep from going to prison is this. You have to return the mountain goat. They want the mountain goat. I was shocked by this. I was like, really? Like, yeah. What are they going to do with it? I had the same question and Jack explained because it's such a rare thing. They're very expensive. Right. And they don't want Dylan to benefit by being able to sell the goat or to do something like that. So they said, look, we know this guy did it. We know he has the mountain goat. We know he had it mounted and in his house somewhere. So even though they had already done a search of his house, they hadn't recovered the mountain goat when the police did a search when he was arrested. So they said, look, we believe he has the mountain goat somewhere and he has to return that mountain goat. If he does not return the goat, he will go to prison. And instead of being scared, like I was feeling scared for him, instead of feeling scared, Dylan goes, well, what do you want me to do? Just like go on eBay or something and buy a mountain goat. And Jack, oh my gosh, I seriously thought Jack was going to kill him right there. (laughs) Jack literally... You're not going to be serving time. We're going to be having a funeral. (laughs) Yes. yes. Turned like so fast. You know, like when someone's like going to hit someone or something. Uh Like he turned Uh, so fast. Like he and like was coming at Dylan and it backed Dylan up against the wall of the hallway in the courthouse. Uh And Dylan, even though he's like 6'2", Jack was, Jack's only like 5'7", 5', not even 5'8", no way. And Jack has him up against the wall and he's not like physically touching him, but he puts his finger right in his face and he says, let me tell you something. You are not going to go on eBay and buy a mountain goat because here's the thing. They have pictures of how that mountain goat is mounted. They know how its head is turned. They know how its legs are. If you get a different mountain goat, they're going to know it and you're going to go to prison. Do you understand? And instead, oh like gosh. for me, I was I was almost peeing my pants just watching it, right? <laughs> like it scared I me. I would have cried. I would have burst out laughing and then cried. I know. Like I did not dare say oh. one damn word. I'm just like, I'm silent. No. I'm silent. No. And mm-hmm. instead of Dylan being scared, he's like, okay, well, I don't know how I'm going to get a goat. Cause I don't have one. And I like, <laughs> I just thought, oh, holy crap. This kid is in so, so much trouble. I don't know if he doesn't get it. It was like, he was just so damned arrogant. Yeah. And so total denied. Deny, deny, deny. He, he thinks that's denial. gonna get him oh, off. Oh yeah, apparently. Oh my gosh. So. Jack and I walk out of the courtroom and I'm kind of trying to feel like, hey, you're not mad at me, right? Like, I'm not going to get pinned up against the wall. Like, I'm, not, I'm not the bad guy, right? And, and Jack was cool with me and we actually kind of started, kind of laughed a little bit. And he's like, but Jack was so mad. He was so angry. Telling me like, that kid thinks he can just go buy a mountain goat. He can't go buy one. They know how it's mountain. He thinks we're stupid. I don't know who he's thinking he's going to fool. Oh, he just went through this whole thing. Right. And I'm just fascinated to see how this is going to happen. What's going to happen next? Right. Two days later, I get a phone call from Jack and he says, hey, look, 
I just got a call from Dylan and he said that he wants to meet with the prosecutor. And so I'm like, oh, he's right. Is that unusual? Totally unusual. Yeah. Okay. So I know like, okay, he's ready to fess up now. He finally got it. His arrogance was pushed aside for reality. (laughs) You're in trouble, dude. You're going to prison. Right. Yeah. So Jack explains like, look, here's the thing. The prosecutor has a crush on you. He thinks you're pretty cute. On you? Uh Uh-huh. On me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go to the to this meeting, but I can't have Dylan going and talking to a prosecutor without someone there. So you're going to go representing me. And look, you just make sure that he doesn't say anything that is going to get him thrown in prison. What? Okay. Now, mind you, I've only been doing criminal work. <laughs> what? You? Right. You? You're like, wait, back yeah. the boat up, yes, dude. Yes. Wait one minute. So I said, okay, I have no other guidance than that. So I get to the DA's office and we're in the lobby and here is Dylan. Now he's not wearing a suit this time. He just come from work. He worked for a construction company that his dad owned. So he did hard labor. And what I had learned about Dylan while we had all that time in between Jack coming in and yelling in that meeting in that little room was that (laughs) Dylan had a dream. He was in college and getting ready to be an EMT. He was doing all the certifications. I didn't even know there was a bachelor's degree in emergency medical stuff, but there is. And he was doing it and he was so excited about it. And I thought that was really cool. What I knew is if he is convicted of a felony, that's out the window. That'll never happen. You do not get to do any job like that. No. So he's sitting there and he's got, he looks totally different than the guy I had seen just two days before. All that six, two guy that stood so tall and proud and arrogantly. All of a sudden he's like slouched, like in the lobby in the chair, he's like slouched down. He has a baseball cap on and his baseball cap is pulled clear down. Like I can barely see Dylan's eyes. It's like he, if you, had to describe what someone, their body language, if they were ashamed, Dylan was it. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, the 6'2 guy looks mm-hmm. like he's probably like five feet tall because he is, and he's got his right. head down. Right. He will hardly look at me. And while we're waiting for the prosecutor, I said, hey, uh, Dylan, I, you got to tell me. What are you going to tell him? I can't have you telling him something that's going to get you in trouble that we can't reverse. Like, what are we talking about today? And he goes, he has his head down, won't even look up, won't even make eye contact. And he's like, well, I did it. I killed the goat. (laughs) Like, I'm going to be surprised by that. I wonder if his dad got a hold of him and his mama. (laughs) I think someone did. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think he thought I was going to be very surprised. However, I was not. (gasps) What? (laughs) (laughs) What? You're kidding. <laughs> Knowing that if we didn't have the goat that he was going to go to prison, mm-hmm. I had to find out. So I said, okay, Kevin, so you still have the goat, right? But, but it obviously wasn't at your house when they searched. Where is the goat? And right. he's like, well, I had actually given it to my dad for Father's Day. I and knew so it. Was it my- I knew it was going <laughs> to be his. <laughs> you did? I did. I was going to yeah. say, I'll bet you a hundred bucks it said his dad's house. Right. Yes. That's right. what one my guess would have been. Yep. 
I said, okay, good. So we can just go get it when we work out a deal. And he said, well, and it, like, I'm not kidding. It was almost hard to understand this kid. It's like two different people. I would not know it was the same person mm-hmm. because he had his head yeah. down. And he's like, well, no, actually I have a problem. Okay. What's our next problem? And he said, well, when they came and searched my house and arrested me and everything, I got so scared that I went to my dad's house. I got the goat and I cut it up in pieces and I put it in two separate bags and I took it to two different dumpsters in the city and dumped it separately. No. Right. No, 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 no. I was like, oh, oh no. no. Oh, crap. <laughs> Holy crap, are oh, we in trouble now? no, no, no. And he's like, I don't want oh, to you're prison. in huge trouble. You're in huge, huge trouble. I was like, oh, okay. Don't say anything until I zip it. Yeah. You talk when we're ready to talk. We're not going to say that to the prosecutor and if and until I tell you to say it. Don't tell him. We got to work this out first, okay. figure out where we are, because I can't have you getting in trouble and going to prison. You can't just blurt it out. Now we get right. word the prosecutor's ready for us. We go upstairs to their floor. And just to get in the DA's office is like <laughs> so much security, so much. It's just what a rigmarole. And we have to wear name tags and all this stuff. We always, Jack would always tease them. If they ever came to his office, he'd like take a post-it note and write their name on it and put it on their shirt and say, here, you have to wear this to get into my office. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually do get, like, there are people that really hate the prosecutors. Oh, yeah, I understand the security. But it's a lot of red tape to get in there. (laughs) Yeah. We get up to the floor and I find out we're not just meeting with one prosecutor. There are two prosecutors assigned to this case and they're both there. Plus there's another guy I've never seen before ready to come in. So I asked the prosecutor that I knew that supposedly had a crush on me that we were exploiting. Um, I said, said, uh, Hey, who's this other guy coming in? And he said, Oh, well he's with fish and game. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I, no. I don't want him in there. I said, look, mm-hmm. we're, if he comes in, we're not having this meeting. And he's like, oh, okay. I thought he yeah, would we... argue with me. I didn't think I had that much authority at all. <laughs> and he, uh-huh. he's like, okay. You don't. It's the crush. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't have authority. Right. It was the crush. I'll take it. Whatever it is, I'm going to take it. <laughs> so Okay. Uh, the, th- <laughs> the four of us go in this room and he goes out and tells the fish and game guy like, Hey, yeah, I told you you could come into the meeting, but sorry, you have to go home now. And so that guy left and I was feeling a little bit bad, but mostly not bad. Cause I was pretty sure if that guy were involved, we would not get a fair deal because he would just be so mad about what my client did. Sure. So we get into the meeting mm-hmm. and it's the two prosecutors and Dylan and myself at this big conference table. So the prosecutor says, okay, so you guys called the meeting. What do you have to say? What do you want to tell us? And I, well, um, Dylan would like to share some things. But before we do, I just need to know, like, what if we couldn't actually, what if we couldn't give you the goat back? Then what? And he's like, well, if we don't get the goat back, then he's going to prison. That's what I explained to Jack. That's just the way it is. He'll go to prison. And I said, okay. We were just wondering, so actually we don't really have that much to talk about today. We were just kind of filling it up. 
because well, I couldn't say anything else. No. Obviously, he knows what I'm... We'll wait for Jack. Yeah, we're going to wait for yeah. Jack to come in here. I started to get up out of my chair. The lead prosecutor goes, well, now, now, sit down, sit down. What's going on? And I said, well, I'm not going to have my client say anything because this could be really damaging for him. And we're not prepared for this. Right. We have to do this another time. We'll have to go talk to Jack and see where we are with things. And he's like, what? And I said, well, let's just say like, what if, like hypothetically, what if we can't produce the goat? Is like, what could we possibly mm -hmm. do? And in my mind, I had just learned the term plea in abeyance on another case, which is the probationary period okay. where they hold something over your head. Okay. I literally wasn't even sure if I was pronouncing it correctly. Like, that's how green I was right. doing this. Sure. But I said, yeah. could we do so some sort of a plea in abeyance? Like, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right. And he's uh -huh. like, uh, yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, in lieu of a felony, we will take multiple misdemeanors held in abeyance. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Explain what plea in abeyance is. A plea in abeyance is you take a plea, you plead guilty to something. Usually it's lesser than what you were charged with. So you plead to a lesser charge and abeyance is basically like holding it over your head. So it's a probationary period. Okay. And during that period, you have to prove that you are a good citizen, you're not doing anything wrong. And if you do anything wrong during that period, whatever that initial charge was, so on this it was a third degree felony, and your sentence would be 10 years in prison. If mm -hmm. you screw up, if okay. any time during that three years you do anything wrong that violates the terms of the right. probation, you go straight to prison for 10 years. You don't get to go have a trial. You don't say, oh, I guess gotcha. I'll have a trial then. No, no, no. That's okay. not how it works. You took this plea in abeyance saying I could behave myself. And so if you violate it, you go straight to prison. So you have to now prove that you're a, that you right. can actually do it. And so, so okay. I, cool. I kick into my kind of sales pitch. I said, hey, look, we always say that our justice system is here to reform and to change and make the world a better place. And you and I both know we just use it to punish people. But look, we've got a kid. He's 24 years old. He's in college. He's trying to get his degree so that he can be an EMT. That's his big dream in life, to be an EMT. That makes the world a better place. If he goes to prison, we all know he's never going to become an EMT. He's never going to be able to do the things that he wants. It's going to completely change the path and the course of his life. Mm -hmm. If you really are about changing lives and making the world better, Give this kid a chance. Mm -hmm. Let him take a plea in abeyance and prove that he is a good guy and give him a second chance at life. Let him live a good, full life. Mm -hmm. Let's not let this mistake trip him up for the rest of his life. Right. And the prosecutor leans back. Terrence talks to the assistant counsel. Then he leans back on his chair and he says, well, we'll have to have a number of misdemeanors in lieu of the felony. And I'm thinking, man, I'll take 12, like, right? Yeah. Like, oh, which <laughs> would be insane. Number. Pick a number, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. And I said, okay, yeah, yeah, we'd do that. But he can't have a felony. 
let's give him a chance. And I said, you could put a tight leash on him, but give him a chance to prove that that's not who he is. And I explained, yes, they suspended his license, but then the state sent him that permit. Letter, right. And yeah, he should have called in and said, hey, I'm under suspension. Can I get this again later in my life? Can I, is there any chance? Mm -hmm. But instead of taking the chance, he just went and took advantage of it. And sad for him, he actually was good enough and lucky enough that he saw a goat and got his, got a goat. Yeah. yeah, talk about get get your goat, man. He right. got his goat in so many ways. Yes. So yes. the prosecutor, he's like, yeah, yeah, oh, I, I agree. I agree. If we really do want to make a difference, then we, this is what we need to do. So we will do that. And he said, but I'll tell you what, he's going to take three misdemeanors. He'll have to have three on. And I was like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like practically like, jumping up, yeah, yeah. dancing, doing backflips on the conference room table. I was going to take 12, but yeah. okay, yes, yeah. we will take three. Okay, it'll be tough, but we'll take so, three. So he's like, okay, so where's the goat? What'd you do with the goat? And Dylan looks at me like, is it time? And I nod my head, yeah, yeah, it's okay. So Dylan tells him, well, you know, I got really, when when I got in trouble and got arrested, then after I was so scared, I went to my dad's house and got it, and I cut it up in pieces, and then I threw it in two different dumpsters. Oh, my gosh, the prosecutors were just sick. They were like, oh, oh. But they were relieved that he wasn't profiting from it. Like, True. that was, yeah, he didn't that was the it. big thing. The taxidermist that had the pictures and everything, that was all real. Uh-huh. The, all of that other stuff, like that was all real. We leave the meeting. Oh my gosh, I was so excited. I was so relieved. Like, I can't believe it. We did it. Yeah. And we walked out of the DA's office and I remember like the sun was shining on us and I turned to it and I was like, now Dylan, you get it, right? Like you cannot spit on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you cannot do anything wrong. So the probationary period was for 18 months, a year and a half. Okay. During that year and a half, he was not allowed. And and the prosecutor made this abundantly clear in the meeting. I'm going to put you on such tight restriction on this probation. Mm-hmm. If you are with a friend who is fishing, you cannot even be sitting next to your friend who is fishing on the bank. You will go to prison. And he's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You don't have to worry. I'm not going to do it. He left. I called Jack and said, hey, we did our meeting and it went really well. We worked out a plea. They're going to do a plea in abeyance. He's going to plead to three misdemeanors and he has probation for 18 months. Write it up and change the plea and get it done. And Jack was so happy. Dylan was happy. The prosecutors were kind of happy. And apparently Dylan really did leave and go left to sin no more because... He finished the probationary period. I never heard from him again. He's got nothing on his record. Good. So he good. went on to be an EMP and live happily ever after. So good. Oh, that's my dad's favorite case. Who's got your goat? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Kind of a crazy case, but yes, yes. I, that was it's my dad's one. one of his very yes. favorite, very favorite. Yes. He loved that case. So there you have it, Dad. I finally told everyone the story. And thank you for listening to Pamela Private Eye.